everyone. My name is Shaylee Johnson. I'm a reporter for the forum, and this is Westminster Stories. This gives us a chance to sit down with members of the community and hear their stories. As we social distance at our homes during the coronavirus pandemic, I am virtually joined by student Blaine Whitford. Hi, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Good, good. Thanks for joining us. For our listeners at home, Blaine just returned to the States on March 21st from a study abroad trip in Morocco after Morocco had announced the closure of all air travel on March 12th due to the spreading of the virus. Blaine, can you tell us what you're studying and how that brought you to Morocco? Yeah, so I when I came to Westminster, I was uh, really interested in like politics and stuff, and that sort of just morphed uh, after like a semester into like history broadly. And it, I ended up in Morocco for, for like a whole host of very strange reasons. Uh, a lot of them like technical, a lot of them um, generated by you know a personal interest. I put together six applications uh, through ISEP, five of which were uh, through through English schools. And then I was just poking around in July and I saw the school in Morocco. And I was like, oh, that's that's really cool. Maybe I'll just, I'll throw it on there just for just for fun. You know, not like it would ever happen. Like, you know, of course I'm gonna end up in England. Um, and by the time like the acceptance rolled around, it was like, oh, like, here you go. Um, you're in Morocco. While you were there, what area or city were you staying in? So I was in a city called Ifran. It's this really, really small, like, mountain town that was built by the French in the 19-teens as, like, a resort. Um, it's about, like, an hour south of Meknes and Fez, which are two of the two of the bigger cities in Morocco. Um, when the virus started affecting the country, what was the situation like? Did most places go on lockdown or anything? Uh, so that was, yeah, that was an absolute mess. So, like, while we were there, um, like in February, a bunch of the international students were watching because the virus sort of, the virus is already pretty big, you know, it had gone to Iran, it was in Europe, um, and things kept shutting down across the Mediterranean. And when it got to Egypt, you know, a couple of us were like, oh, that's, that's funny. Like, it would, it, we weren't really thinking it would advance as fast as it did. And so when I got, uh, like, uh, was it two weeks ago? Two weeks ago was spring break. So I left <laughs> Friday the 6th um, to go to my friend's or my roommate's house in Meknes. And then Saturday we left and we were gone uh, this, to Marrakesh uh, for four days. I came back Wednesday. Wednesday night, uh, I had sort of been cognizant that like there had been additional measures taken. But Wednesday was when like the World Health Organization labeled it as a global pandemic and that like Europe was the new epicenter. And in a matter of three or four days, like the entire country of Morocco was just like, like the, the number of cases kept going up, uh, you know, in that exponential sort of growth. And they were like, by, by Monday when I went back to campus, it was like mosques are closed, shops are closed, cafes are closed, everything. Um, and it was actually, the, it was the Sunday before I went back to campus that all inter- it was announced that all international flights were canceled. So yeah, it was it was really a really quick response uh, compared to like Europe, um, which was I, a little it was really jarring. But um, in Ifran, like when I got back to Ifran, I was basically told to remain on campus at all times because all the shops, all the everything except like essential services were closed, like pharmacies and supermarkets. Um, during that whole transition, did your school supply? Any kind of support or resources for you? Yeah, that was a big 
concern. I mean, it's it's the same everywhere where you have people like stocking up on stuff. Mm-hmm. And because I wasn't sure if, uh, for example, feeding 20 international students who were on like a mountain campus would count as an essential service. So there was a certain times where thoughts would cross my mind and I was concerned, uh, for example, of, of like, I don't know, having to like, like hunt wild animals or right. something. Um, but yeah, like housing, all of the housing was open. There was a store on campus that was open that had soap, toothpaste, stuff like that, um, bottled water, and the restaurant was open. Uh, the hours were a bit wonky, but there would be, you know, pre-made food. But it was it was kind of like normal campus life, except slowed down to the extreme. Mm-hmm. Uh, is the best way to describe it. Like laundry was still functioning, but the hours were adjusted. Food was available. Hours were adjusted. Um, yeah, so it was it was like living in in slow motion. So I was under the impression, like last weekend, I was like, I'm basically stuck here. You know, it happened so fast that I'm not going to be able to go back. And I was I, every day I would get up and I would check the news like three times a day, um, just like adding to my stress level each time because it would be like. Like, all right, some other measure would happen. The cases would go up, and then I saw I would keep seeing like Spain uh, organizes, you know, repatriation for nationals. Uh, France is working on repatriating nationals, and I kept looking for, um, um, you know, an example of like Americans being repatriated. Every day I would check because um, I basically like I, I was for from let's see the sixteenth to the nineteenth. I was under the impression that like I was going to be staying here for this foreseeable future. You know, there was really nothing I could do to get home. And I guess Thursday night, um, there was a press conference, like Thursday night, there was a press conference and some reporter was asked, the president was like, hey, what are you going to do about all the Moroccans who are, who are like trapped in uh, Morocco and Peru or something like that? And I guess 30 minutes later, there was the State Department organized something because I was talking with my family and I usually am not up that late, but I was up until like one. And it was like midnight on the 20th. So it was like way, way early in the morning. And I checked my email and it's it's like emergency flights out of Marrakesh airport, the 20th and 21st. These will be the only flights to repatriate Americans. There will be no other flights. Um, And Marrakesh is a six hour drive away um, and trains have been canceled there's like taxi services taxi services are really obtuse and expensive uh, and you can't really like there's not really easy transportation around the country of Morocco um, uh, like a bunch of other people who were in, who had gone to Europe and were in quarantine in Ifran basically organized this whole thing and I was kind of on the fence about it because you know I was trying to not be a coward and run away, but uh, the international director at AUI called my, like I got off the phone with my mom and then five minutes later, after she told me like, you know, it's your choice, but like maybe you should consider staying. She, she called me back and was like, the director just called me. She says, get out while you can, um, which was like, oh boy, <laughs> awesome. So that was, that was, um, that was the 20th which is not even a week ago, God. <laughs> it was like ages ago. So when you got back to the States, did anything happen? Like, were you asked to self-quarantine or anything? Yeah, so when I was, in, I got to London and I was told to, you know, fill out some paperwork for the CDC 
And then, you know, because you're, I traveled through a country that was like high risk, um, I have to stay in for 14 days. Um, so yeah, I'm currently on a self quarantine, quarantining the best I can, um, staying home, not talking to people, like, you know, staying away from, from people and stuff. How are you keeping yourself busy? Um, <laughs> 14 days by yourself? 14 days. Uh, <laughs> see, it's, it's easier because my stress level is significantly less high because I'm with my family and I have my, like, I'm surrounded by my own, like, a comfortable environment. But really, I'm not. Like, <laughs> I'm just, like, every day I'm like, okay, don't check the news that much. Okay, uh, maybe read a book, maybe write something. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's difficult because like it's really you don't realize how much you really need physical like and social interaction with people until you you can't do it for like at least two weeks, you know, yeah. depending on on how things go. Like, is there anything you would suggest to other students who are trying or waiting to get home from their schools? Oh my gosh, um, I would say. Uh, just find something to, to keep you sane. Like, it's difficult because I, I'm speaking from an extremely, like, I'm extremely lucky to have gotten out of Montville when I did. And, like, I would say if there's, if you can carve out something to keep you sane, something to keep you distracted, um, like, really, like, again, like, people are really the most important. If there's anything I've learned from, like, the last month, uh, it's that people are, like, the most important thing. So, you know, it, find people to talk to, um, find things to do uh, online. Uh, <laughs> um, treat treat your mind and your body well, which is, again, really difficult because I don't, you know, <laughs> it's going to be a weird couple months, I think, for a lot of folks. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, just... Don't, don't stay in a stay in a bubble. Uh, I mean, stay in a bubble, but like, <laughs> don't stay in an isolated bubble. Don't, don't completely isolate yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's what I would say. Which you know, I, I don't think I was following my own advice when I was in London because I was having panic attacks on the reg. But um, yeah, <laughs> I would say like that's that's what I would do. Well, thank you, thank you for your time and your story. Thank you, Shaylee. I appreciate it. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's not quite as exciting because I'm not trapped on a mountain in Morocco. But. Oh, no. No, I'm excited. You made it back. You're hopefully I, safer, at least feeling safer at I, home. I definitely feel safer. I don't know how, how, how actually, I don't know what where safe is or what safe is anymore. That's <laughs> <laughs> sort of just the meaning of that word has been eroded, but um, I definitely feel more comfortable. So Good, good. Perfect. This is Shaylee Johnson with Westminster Stories. Wash your hands and stay healthy out there.